Gentlemen, start your engines. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our guest segment. Uh, we've got David Essel standing by, and I'm waiting to see him here on the board. I don't see him on the board right now. Let's see if we can just, maybe we can do an outbound call and get him that way. Hey, I, I've always got, I've got to do this every time you're on. So I'm going to do it right now. This is da- I'm David Essel and this is TalkNet. <laughs> because that's how I, do you know how many years ago that was my brother? How many, how many, how many years ago was TalkNet? TalkNet was 1990 to 19. I was with TalkNet from 1990 to 1992. And then it was changed over to the official name of the apparent company, Westwood One. Okay. Uh, but Westwood One went by TalkNet for years. Now, did did you stay in touch with your some of your co-hosts like Bruce Williams and Sally Jesse Raphael? I've been on a lot of radio networks and I've never met most of the other people. People think like you're all in the same building oh. together. Did you ever have a connection with any of your co-hosts? Oh yeah, um it's funny you mentioned Bruce Williams. Uh in in right when I started with uh with Westwood One in 1990, they teamed me up with Bruce and I actually went and visited him, uh, you know, to, to sort of pick his brain. And he was so supportive, Jim. Um, he, he was just great. And, and so he's one that I, I had a, a wonderful conversations with and a great relationship with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I saw him once in person. Uh, he did a live show from the contemporary hotel at Disney and for years, I, li- mm-hmm. I listened to him at night because I he's just got a really nice voice to listen to. And some people say that about yeah. my voice, which I think I have a scratchy kind of uh, mighty mouse sounding voice. But in any case, uh, <laughs> people say, oh, Jim, you could re- you could read my grocery list. I love your voice. But Bruce had that voice and <laughs> just loved listening to him at night. Now, I want to get the latest on uh, you before we get into your your book here, Helping Americans Heal. So you are a Californian, right? And now you're in Florida. Tell us about that move from the West Coast to the East Coast. Well, actually, Jim, I was an upstate New Yorker and I came to Florida. You know, so many people believe I'm from California. It, it could be, <laughs> you know, my look. It could it could be my attitude. Uh, I take that as a compliment. Trust me. But I then, uh, you know, I, I left Syracuse after I graduated from Syracuse University. Right. And came to Florida. And I've been here about 43 years now. OK, wow. So you so you're not from I don't know why I thought you were a Californian, one of those that came over here to Florida and you're in South Florida. Yeah. And so you you yeah. do a lot of other things, too, which I want to make sure that people know. So in addition to the book. Uh, 
you also do you do like counseling and, and meetings and all that if people are listening and they live in South Florida, there are other things that they can do to connect to you? Yeah, Jim, we I mean, we do so many different things. You know, I, I'm a counselor, a minister, a master of life coach. Of course, we have 12 books out now. Uh, the one that you mentioned, Helping Americans Heal, is, is a brand new one. Uh, and we'll also talk about a program I want to give away to all of your listeners before the end of the show today wow, great. for free. We have a, a pro- yeah, it's really awesome. And, and we'll get into to more of that. But, you know, we do everything. And I work with people either in my Fort Myers, Florida office. Um, but I'll tell you, Jim, even from when we began, probably 70 percent. And now it's it's a, a little bit higher because of covid uh, are, are over the phone or Skype or Zoom. And then we have, of course, you know, people that meet in person, but we work with people from all over the world and there's no topic that we don't cover. I mean, we, we go to the deepest recesses of some of the most uh, terrible traumas that people go through. And then we help people expand their business, uh, get free of addictions, lose weight, save relationships, change careers, open businesses. <laughs> Tim, the list never ends. Yeah, that's incredible. Because I And I know you're here in Florida. I'd love to meet you in person someday when I'm maybe down in that area. I've got a plan to do a, yeah. a motorcycle tour. I want to... I want to drive my motorcycle like all the way to Key West. So I was thinking about like breaking that up into like two or three days. And because uh, I'm up in Palm Coast, which is near Jacksonville, just to give you kind of a point of reference yeah. where I am and uh, just over the bridge here from, yeah. from the ocean. Now, I want to give you this like a little bit of a story about a friend of mine and, and how this relates to COVID and what's going on with families and stress and all that and kind of get your take on it. So this friend of sure. mine, he and his wife, had different perspectives once the COVID thing hit. He chose to get vaccinated. She said, I'm not getting vaccinated. This is a plot and I'm not going to get vaccinated because they're trying to reduce world population. This thing is, is evil. So, so that began the split in, in their, their family. And uh, he, he wore, he decided to comply and wear the mask. She would object everywhere they went, where there was a mask requirement to the point that they could no longer go to vacations together. They could no longer go on date nights together. And it really literally became, the, it was the beginning of the destruction of their marriage. And so this whole COVID thing has had so many different impacts like this unintended really impacts that people are still reeling from uh, families really being split up, people having all kinds of new traumas that they're dealing with as a result of this, the isolation and all of that. Um, what do you think about that scenario? Is, is that something unusual or are you hearing more and more stories like this? Jim, everything that you're talking about is now called common nature or our new nature. Uh, the high anxiety, the high arguing with couples, uh, the the increase in addiction has been incredible. And I'm talking every addiction in the world. Uh, we in our new book, Helping Americans Heal, we have a writing and it, the, the title of it is the world is grieving and we are all grieving. We're grieving the loss of our former lives. We're grieving the loss of our freedom. We're grieving the loss of many people of jobs and homes. You know, so there's a huge amount of grief. Um, the isolation thing, you know, e- even for introverts, and, and, you know, as many people are always shocked to find out I'm an extrovert in my career, but I'm a pure introvert in my personal life. 
Um, this has not affected myself, Mia, uh, in, in my family at all. We, we, because we are normally outside of my work, you know, we're, I don't want to say reclusive, but, you know, we, we have a great life, but we're not overly social by any means. So it didn't really affect us. Uh, the other thing is we both decided that the best thing in the, in the world we could do would be to get off the news. So a couple of years ago when COVID hit, we both got off of news. And those two things, being comfortable with yourself in a non-stimulating environment, meaning your home, um, that and cutting back dramatically on social media, all kinds of media when it's related to uh, presidential in, uh, information or pandemic information or vaccine information. You know, we, we really need to get off of media uh, other than Jim Paris's show. here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there, there is there, yeah. there's a lot of good positive stuff out there, but you've got to you've got to curate. Right. You You can't just let oh. stuff come in on filter. You got to stop following things that are negative and, and you need to look at clean up your news feed and not follow. You say that 80% of relationships in the United States are not healthy. That's a really high statistic. How, how do you back that up? And what exactly do you mean by that? Well, you know, it's pretty, it's, I know it's, it's a very high statistics, but it's really easy to back it up, Jim. Uh, 50% of first-time marriages uh, end in divorce. Uh, 64% of second-time marriages end in divorce. 68% of third-time marriages end in divorce. <laughs> so if we look at those statistics, <laughs> it's, it's not too hard, even without the pandemic. You know, one of my, my, one of my last uh, number one best-selling books was called Love and Relationship Secrets That Everyone Wants to Know. In that book, we state that, you know, it's a solid 80% of relationships that are unhealthy. And then we go and prove it with statistics like that. And then when we take the pandemic, and the example you gave, Jim, is not off the wall at all. You know, a, a husband that decides one thing about vaccination, a wife that decides another, or a boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever the situation is. And it can create incredible unrest. If you have children, and the parents are not on the same team. It can create incredible unrest. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons of why 80% of couples are struggling. But I will tell you, Jim, that even prior to the pandemic, we were up to 70, 75%. So, you know, it, it, to jump it up. And then when we look at the weight gain situation, you know, 80% or 75% of Americans two or three years ago were overweight or obese. Now it's up to 85%. Wow. I mean, we are really looking at some serious health issues coming down the road, even if and when the pandemic ends. We're going to have amazing amount of addiction issues, emotional dysfunction, relationship dysfunction. Uh, depending on your situation with career, there could be even more money dysfunction coming. So, you know, one of the reasons we did the program that we'll talk about for free and we wrote the book was because it doesn't have to be this way. And an example I'm going to give, and I hope this will be really clear for our audience. When we work with veterans of war and they come back from Afghanistan or wherever they've been, many times they're coming back with a lot of trauma. Almost all of them come back with trauma. The word that the, that the military uses is demons. So they come back with demons. Now, those demons, they're back in the States. They're not in war anymore. But the slamming of a car door or the dropping of a really heavy palm tree frond onto the ground within 20 feet of some of these guys and women 
can set them off. It can be a trigger. And here's the problem. The problem is not just that they come back with PTSD and so many other challenges, but the problem is many, many of them come back and they don't ask for help for two, four, six, eight, ten years after they've been back dealing with the trauma and the PTSD. Now, almost every veteran that I've worked with, and over the last 42 years as a counselor, Jim, we've worked with so many. They'll tell us the same thing. They were trained to be machines, to not need help to be able to figure out no matter what happens on the battlefield, they have to know how to figure it out. So they come back with the mentality is that I need to figure this out when it's impossible for someone with PTSD or serious addiction to be able to figure it out on their own. So by the time they come to me, they've not only have the trauma of war, but then it's built and built by the two or four or five years they've been back in the States. Now, let's make this relevant to you and me and the rest of the world. We're not veterans, let's say, but we are in a PTSD experience, a grieving experience, a loss of freedom and, and identity experience through the pandemic. So many people, Jim, are waiting for the pandemic to end to start living, to drop the addictions, to lose the weight, to save the relationship, to start using their money more wisely. And the same thing's going to happen. If the pandemic, I mean, it's pretty easy to see the pandemic is going to be here through this year. It's easy for me to guess. Now, I'm not an expert to guess it's going to be here next year. So for everyone that has an issue right now that isn't reaching out for help, that isn't trying to come up with a solution to the relationship, the weight, the addiction, the financial issues, the attitude issues, the stress issues, the insomnia, anxiety, depression, which we haven't even talked about yet, Jim. If people don't start attacking these challenges right now because they're waiting for the pandemic to end and then they'll get on their feet again, if and when the pandemic ends, it's going to be just like the veterans. They come back, they wait, they wait, they wait. And when they finally come in to get help, they're way further behind the eight ball. So my message, which comes out in the book, Helping Americans Heal, and the program is we have to start living more smartly right now. We have to be living more logically and we all have to learn something that's crucial in the world of therapy, and that's called emotional regulation skills, a very fancy set of words that simply mean this. When a stressor hits, instead of reaching for something to numb the brain, food, alcohol, nicotine, pot, when stressors hit, instead of spending to feel better, we need to start learning emotional coping mechanisms right now, Jim, if we don't, we're going to be just like the veterans who wait. And by the time they come in to get help, we can still help them. It'll just take a lot longer. Now, one of the things you talk about in your book is meditation. And I don't know, you know where you stand on it one way or the other. Uh, I, as a Christian, always felt a little bit awkward about it. But then I was taking this course at Evangel University where I'm a student presently. And it's a psychology class and they had a whole section on meditation and I started trying it and it really, really helps me. Uh, and, and I, I found, I found that the biggest problem was just forgetting to do it because it's like forgetting to take your medications. If you let a day or two go by and you don't do the meditation and it has been helping you all of a sudden you're reverting back to a lot of the, the problems with stress and anxiety and those kinds of things. Uh, what, what does your book have to say about meditation? 
Oh, well, it's, it's funny you ask that, Jim, because one of the articles in the book is meditation is not for me. Um, and that was my attitude in 1974. The first time I was introduced to it, I said, are you kidding me? That, that's ridiculous, you know? And then in 78, I was introduced to it again. And I said, oh, my gosh, there's no way. I'm at Syracuse University. Uh, I played basketball there for the first two years I was at school. And one of the guys on the team had said to me, hey, there's a group meeting for meditation. It helps us relax. He goes, I do it before a game. I feel great. I said, sure, I'll join you. I go in. Jim, it was a bunch of people in Birkenstocks. Now, that's going to sound like a judgment. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> back then, I was not a Birkenstock-wearing guy. And I walked in, and I see these people in white shirts and Birkenstocks, and I said, this is not for me. Now, that, that was 78. Now, let's jump forward to 1986. And I got, and there was a guy, I don't know if, you, if you've heard of this gentleman, Dr. Daniel Goleman, G-O-L-E-M-A-N. Uh, he's written many, many best-selling books, right? Um, and, and, uh, you know, EQ, emotional intelligence is one that he wrote. Right. Uh, Anyway, back in 86, 87, he had a phenomenal, uh, audio cassette that I listened to 365 days in a row, Jim. Uh, I struggled with, I should say struggle. I'm just going to say I was diagnosed with ADD and ADHD. And so I kept telling myself, well, with these conditions, there's no way I can meditate. But when I started following an audio cassette, then I started to see, wait a minute, about 20 minutes, 30 minutes in, just listening to someone's voice, following his directives, I was starting to feel more relaxed. Now, at the end of a year, I could actually meditate on my own without a guided meditation or a guided visualization. And I've been doing it ever since. So in the beginning, I was highly skeptical. Now I am such a huge fan of it. It doesn't matter what people come to me for. Uh, We have a free meditation relaxation audio on YouTube. If people want to just Google my name and and, in YouTube and put meditation, you can get it for free. It's 44 minutes long, and you don't have to do all the 44 minutes at one time, but we offer four completely different types of relaxation slash meditation programs for people to find the one they like the most. So, you know, I find, and and Jim, there has been some of the most incredible studies uh, showing how daily meditation can reduce high blood pressure. It can obviously reduce anxiety, depression, um, that we use it in, with our addiction people. Oh my gosh, it doesn't matter what addiction I'm working with someone for, everyone has to meditate. So I'm glad that you have found benefits with it because you have a platform and you sharing it right now on your platform, this radio show might open the eyes of other people that were thinking it's not for them. But then when they hear the host of a show say, I wasn't sure it was for me, but I'm getting benefits out of it. Yeah, it is. The the problem is Christians a lot of times think, oh, well, that's Eastern religion. I'm not going to do that. And they don't understand. It's all throughout the Bible. Meditating is is throughout the Bible. And all we're really all we're really talking about. and, and, And I'm not the expert here, David. You are. So correct me if I'm wrong. What we're talking about is training our mind to stay in the moment that we're in. And I heard something fantastic yesterday, and they said that anxiety is when you're 
looking forward and you don't have any hope for the future. That's what anxiety is, is you're concerned about the future. And then what is depression? Depression is when you're, you're looking back and you're, you're concerned and worried about what's already happened. So anxiety and depression can be eliminated when you simply get yourself to stay in the moment, which makes the most sense because that's the only thing we can really control anyway, is the moment that we're actually in. Yeah, and so when people are listening to us right now, Jim, I would encourage them, you know, to look look at what creates stress. What are their triggers? And let's say, okay, when I was a kid, my, Sunday night was a trigger because I, for some reason I had Monday morning anxiety all through mid, uh, elementary school and, and middle school. And so I hated Sunday nights. Now, for people who are listening and you know that there are certain days of the week you have to do something you're not a fan of, whatever it might be, that's the time that we meditate. Now, I say meditate seven days a week, of course, but really put it into practice, like start to be proactive. And if you see things coming up that normally create anxiety or, as you mentioned, depression or some other um, out of the moment experience where you feel stress, start to get into your mind to use it prior to the day before the day of, of course, as I mentioned a second ago, I'm a huge fan of seven days a week, but even if you do it a few days a week on the days that you know, there are stress experiences or potential stressors coming, that would be a great way to jump into it as well. What do you know about binaural beats? I talked about that in my first uh, segment a little bit. One of my friends recommended it to me and I'd never done it before. And I tried it for the first time. And it was incredible what how I felt listening to this. It's just sounded like really pretty music, but it did something to me. Are, are you familiar with binaural beats? Yeah, you know, so I know I, I can't tell you for sure firsthand, but supposedly the way that program is supposed to work is to balance both sides of the brain, both hemispheres. And so when the brain is balanced, we're going to feel different. Uh, just like in meditation, Jim, and I don't know what happens to you, but when I go through a meditation at the end of it, I am so relaxed. I feel like I'm in an altered state. With the beats you're talking about, I have had so many people say the same thing happens to them, that they get done listening to this beautiful music and they're uplifted. Now, I don't know if we can say it's the system that is being run underneath the music or if it's the music themselves. Everything should be tried. I believe we have so many tools out there. And Jim, we're talking about emotional regulation, which is being in control of our emotions. And the beats work, meditation works, journaling works. There's a ton of tools. Let's use them all. Yeah, why not try it? And there's a and I mentioned this in my first segment. You can just go to YouTube and type in binaural beats, and there's all kinds of different free uh, tracks that you can listen to, just like you can type in David Essel in meditation and get his free meditation videos. Yep. Uh, so let's talk about uh, PTSD because we talked a little bit about it, but I'm not a military veteran. I personally suffer from complex PTSD. And I think there are a lot of people that have PTSD that don't even know that they have PTSD. And so one of the issues is that 
you end up reacting to something that's minor in the present day because you're you're connecting that to something from the past that was very severe, very severe trauma. For example, one of my daughters has yeah. PTSD. She was in a car accident. The car flipped, went into the woods. She walked away from it. But now still to this day, uh, when she's out on the road, if, if anything happens even minor, she goes into this PTSD state. How do we disconnect that past trauma from our current life so that we don't have that overreaction when something is a one or a two and we make it a, a 10 because we're connecting it to that past yeah. trauma. Hey Jim, this is really interesting because right now I think easily 30 to 40% of our country could be experiencing PTSD symptoms just because of the pandemic. Now, you talked about your daughter, you know, having a, a traumatic car accident. And we talk about veterans of war coming back from the trauma they've seen and experienced. And so a lot of people don't think that PTSD would relate to them. But the fact is, and in the book, once again, Helping Americans Heal, we have an article about a woman that came to me. And I, when I diagnosed, and it was a very easy diagnosis on session two, that she was struggling from post traumatic stress disorder and it's exactly what it sounds like after a traumatic event we start to react to the world with much higher sensitivity or we could start to be use uh, alcohol drugs in order to to try to numb the trauma or the other way that people sometimes uh, react to ptsd jim is by isolation and a, a very powerful term is agoraphobia and that's probably the highest level of uh, isolation that we could see from PTSD. And that would be where someone does not even leave their house. Or if they do, it puts them in a terrible mental, emotional state. So the woman in the book that I wrote about, my client, you see, uh, she had been divorced. And, and this is all happening in one year. Her two dogs of like 12 and 14 years died. She was divorced and she lost her job. And wow. she comes in and she's an absolute mess. And, you know, right away, we could very easily diagnose her with PTSD. And she looked at me and she goes, David, I've never been to war. Isn't that <laughs> fascinating, Jim? Yeah, well, but, that's what people say when I, when, when I tell people I have PTSD. They say, oh, so you were in the military. You've been to war. In, in fact, I'll have to tell you, yeah. there, there are some PTSD support groups that I considered going to when I first got diagnosed. And I, I felt like if I went, I would be. Um, you know, claiming military service when I hadn't served that that's how backwards people think about it, including me. I thought, you know, this would be like stolen valor if I go to a PTSD support group. That's how backwards we are in thinking about that. So this lady basically make a list of all the terrible things that can happen. I mean, the only thing I guess was she didn't get cancer. So, I mean, other than that, check off yeah, all right. the boxes. And then and, and so what did you do with her? Well, Jim, you know, it, it's interesting because uh, w with emotional regulation, which is everything that, that th we need to work on with PTSD or addictions or relationship challenges, you know, we had to first start by having her write uh, in her own handwriting every traumatic experience that she had gone through in 12 months. And I had her do it sitting in the office, right? And if she was on Skype, she would have done it on Skype. And she got done writing and she goes, okay, now what? And I said, look at it. I said, if your best friend handed you that list and said that that's what she was going through, what would you think? And she looked at me and she goes, oh, my God, I'd tell her to get help right away. She's in serious <laughs> trouble. <laughs> I said, and that's why you're here, isn't it? 
you know, because you were wise enough. And then she did say, well, I did wait nine months. I thought I could handle this on my own. And I said, with everything that you went through, when anyone has now in that case, Jim, in your daughter's case, it was, you know, hopefully just that one experience Uh, with veterans. It could be one experience or it could be many in the I want to say the average person who does not have just one traumatic experience, but like my client could have four very deep traumatic experiences. We don't normally think, oh, my God, I'm struggling with PTSD. So when I had her write it down, then she saw right away, okay, I see that I'm in trouble. Then the next thing we did is we took one area of the four things that had happened, the four traumas, and we just started working. And I had her pick the priority. And she said the most damaging thing she could think of that day was losing both dogs. So we wrote and I had her write letters to the dogs that how much she missed them and how how sad she was without them. And then I had her write letters about the joy they brought. So we were able to balance both sides of the fence and we got her going in a good direction regarding the dogs. And as a side note, when I told her that with PTSD, it would be great for her to get out and volunteer. I wasn't anticipating she would pick a dog shelter, but she did. Wow. So once a week. After doing all of this internal work and releasing the stress and the sadness, which took us, you know, a while to do in her homework assignments, she immediately went to a shelter, which brought her a great amount of peace. The next thing we did was we released her ex-husband, her former husband, and we do that via writing exercises. It's called coming to closure. But we don't actually contact. I think the other it's person. significant. So I said to her, We're gonna da- do- David, I think it's significant that she missed the dogs more than her husband. That was probably uh, telling uh, point right there that the dogs came above the husband. That might have made uh, healing the husband, oh, well, losing the husband, a little bit easier. Yeah, and you know, Jim, and and this is and this is really important. If you're working with a therapist and you're working on several different options. Make sure you're the one choosing which option to work on. And and a really great therapist should say, okay, we've got two or three or four things that are really tough here. Which one is the most difficult for you to overcome? Which one is the most challenging? Because that's what we do with all of our clients. Right. Sometimes counselors will make a decision. They'll go, oh, well, you know, obviously the biggest thing is the divorce. So let's start there. And unless the client is, has a very strong mental foundation, they'll probably just go along with the counselor's recommendations. So what we say to people is make sure if you do experience post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, which, which could be high anxiety, deep depression, increase in addiction, increase in isolation, increase in anger. I mean, there's all kinds of things that come out here. Make sure that you're working with a, a counselor and that they are asking you, which is the most difficult? Because what we do in our practice, Jim, we have all of our clients pick one area at a time and we want to start with the most challenging one. Once you work through that one, The other ones aren't as difficult. They're still heavy, but they're not as difficult. Yeah, I love this idea of writing. I'm a writer. I've written over 30 books. And sometimes I get into this mode of, well, if I'm writing, it's for publication. So I've got to, no, I don't want to write about this because it's too personal. Because if I write about it for publication, I'm going to share it. And I don't want anyone to know this. And then I started learning that I could just write about something and just delete it or save it to my computer as my own something for myself. And I just find that something happens 
for me, when I write something down, it helps me to think it through or to sort of crystallize how I feel about that issue. Absolutely. I mean, writing, journaling, we think is the number one tool in the world of psychotherapy. Without a doubt, it's the number one tool. Um, Talk therapy isn't even number two or three, even though you need talk therapy to be in therapy. um, Writing is really the key. And I want to explain why for all of our listeners. When you write, the conscious mind slows down. And thoughts from the subconscious rise into consciousness. Hmm. So it's amazing when I have my clients do exercises. And I'm a big fan of the written word. Uh, not, not, I mean, some people will use their tablets. Some people will type on computers and they'll do their homework. But I really love the written word because you can type so much faster than you can write. So when you're writing, you're slowing the whole process of the brain down. Hmm. And what my clients have found over the past 42 years is many times they'll come in or they'll call me for a session and they'll say, David, I had no idea. You asked me to write about stress. I totally forgot about these two huge things that have happened that were major stressors in the last two months. See, the brain acts so quickly, Jim, that if you can slow it down through writing, these other hidden thoughts or what sometimes are referred to as compartmentalized thoughts that we don't want to deal with will expose themselves, which is a benefit because then we can work through them. That's so fascinating. And I'm, I, I'm with you 100 percent. This whole idea of of writing down how you feel, um, even if it's just for yourself, is 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 a really critical thing. So what I want to close it out with and then we're going to give you a minute or two when we're done. So don't worry about that to tell us all about your books, yeah. about the free offer, all of that. But I want to talk about, you know, here we are. It's the beginning of a new year and we've got people in this mode where, like you said, if someone owns rental property, they, they're afraid like, well, what if the government says people don't have to pay their rent again? Maybe I should get out of my rental property or not expand anymore. If I own a business, what if everything shuts down again? If I own a restaurant, how am I going to make it if they shut everything down again? Well, I've got a plan to lose weight, but I'll just wait until everything's officially over. I've got a plan to travel, but I'm going to wait. I, I'm, I'm drinking too much right now, but that's okay because the pandemic's still going on. People have really put their lives on hold. So with that whole idea of our lives are on hold and, and trying to make sense of setting goals for the future and moving in the, in, in the right direction and doing positive things, how do you, how do you, what is the first step of deciding I'm not going to wait for this situation to be over because it could be years before we have a complete green light for everything. How do you get from this sort of frozen state into action to start living your life again? Jim, the best advice I could give right off the top is begin with an accountability partner. Now, that might be a minister. It might be a counselor. It might be a coach. It could be a financial advisor. It could be a financial planner. It could be a personal trainer, a nutritionist. But I want to mention this. When people are struggling with major issues, the chances of us beating them on our own is extremely small. Now, there are many counselors and there's a ton of ministers that will do sliding scale counseling or sliding scale work. But having someone to report to that, you know, that once a week, you've got to let them know, did you follow through on your plans or not? 
I believe it's crucial. So number one, if it's a major goal, a major challenge, please reach out and get someone on your side to hold your feet to the fire. Number two, only go after one goal at a time. We have been fed this nonsense that multitasking is a superpower. My God, <laughs> multitasking when it comes to, <laughs> swear, swear to God, Jim, multitasking when it comes to major goals is one of the greatest ways to self-sabotage any success. So what we say to people is pick one goal and always pick the hairiest one, the monster under the bed, the one that you don't want to do. Pick that one. And I'm going to tell you why to do that. When you pick that one that is the monster, that is a real pain and you don't even want to get near it and you master it and you heal it, the odds are there's going to be several other areas of your life that are automatically healed as well because they're all tied in so close together. As an example, I was an alcoholic and a, and a cocaine addict for years. When I finally got sober, which was a very long time ago, I was amazed at how much less chaos and drama I had in my life. I was amazed that I was having these friends that were real friends. They just weren't hanging out to drink and party. Um, I started handling my money much better. So just by getting sober, I was, oh, and I also called my mom and dad and told them that they had been amazing parents in my life. <laughs> so, you know, when, 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 when you go after the big one, the hairy one, the one you don't want to, it might automatically, like it did for me, Jim, take care of several other smaller goals at the same time. And, and, and I would just say too, to people that, uh, you got to go on living because you don't know how long this is going to be yeah. and you can't, you can't, you can't put your life aside for years. I mean, if this was a two week thing or a one month thing, but, uh, this could be for years and you just, you've just got to, you've got to get out there and find, find your way. Like for example, when, when the, the gyms were closed, you could still run outside. Yeah. You could bicycle. You had to find a different path, but you could still find a way to be able to get out there and exercise. So you've got to, you've got to just continue to fight that fight. So as we close it out to David, thank you so much for being back with us. Tell us about the, the freebie yeah. offer you were going to tell us about and how people yeah. can get the book. And is the book also available on yeah. audible? You know, Jim, the book is right now on Kindle and soft cover. We have not had the time, or maybe I should say found the time <laughs> okay. uh, to put it on Audible. No worries. It, it, it will be. We'll be getting it on yeah, Audible. Yeah, I always yeah. love I love your um, stuff on but, Audible, so that's why I asked. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. So the full title of the book is Helping Americans Heal, The Ultimate Guide to Healing During These Challenging Times. In the book, Jim, just like the program, the free one I'll, I'll mention in a second, we cover every possible challenge that people are facing today with relationships, addiction, suicide, uh, PTSD. We, we cover them all. And so people can get some tools to use from the book to help them start to change their life right now. The program is what I'm super excited about as well. We are Now, I'm going to say this very slowly so our audience can understand this. It's an online program called Helping Americans Heal. We are giving away, Jim, 500,000 online memberships. That's a half a million, 500,000 online memberships. The value that we're giving away for these 500,000 memberships, which anyone from your show, 
and their family and their friends and their cats and dogs can sign up. We're fine with that. <laughs> but anyone can sign up for free and you will get 12 months, absolutely 12 months every week of books, online video courses. Like if someone were to sign up today, the very first thing they'd get is our number one best-selling book, Positive Thinking. They would then also get a sleep audio for people who struggle with sleep because about 75% of people in this country are struggling with sleep right now. They will get a free subscription to an annual magazine on addiction recovery. They'll also get a meditation audio. And we continue to add this. Every Monday, they'll get an article. And, and Jim, this interview that you and I are doing, will be part of the Helping Americans Heal. Once we get the link from you, it'll go right into the program. And that'll be another tool. So go to talkdavid.com, and this is free, 100% free. Be one of our 500,000 free members. We already have over 10,000 members signed up, so it's going to go fast. Be one of our 500,000 members. Get the 12-month program absolutely free. And we can tell you that from the response of the people on it right now, lives are being changed, not because we're doing it, because we're giving people the data or the information of how to change their lives. Wow. I, I'm, I'm going to be signing up here in about five minutes. <laughs> That's fantastic. Awesome, Jim. Yeah, I, I just love your energy. I mean, yeah. you, you're, you're just such a just such a, an encouragement to have on the show. I think the last time we had you on was a couple years ago. I would love it if we could have you on maybe a couple of times a year. I uh, just love having you on so much great information and I want people to get this book. There's so much in it. We didn't get into it. We got into like 1% of what's in this book, helping American seal. And they can get this is it's like on Amazon and bookstores and all that. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Amazon is the quickest. And you know what I love about Amazon, Jim, is that you might go into a bookstore and they'll say, sure, we can order it and it'll be here in 14 days or you can get it in two days from Amazon. So, yeah, yeah, uh, and, and I know people. Kindle, you can get it. People hate Amazon, and I Go don't ahead. know why. Because I, I just, I had to ship a small item to my daughter for her birthday. It was this, this beautiful bottle that was painted, and by the way, it had painted on it a cardinal. And I saw your, 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 oh, no your dedication. Yeah, I saw your dedication to your mother, and this, the, the mention of a cardinal that you know that that, that reminds you of of her this the cardinal singing so it's this beautiful bottle i met the artist and it was a, a cardinal painted on it but in any case uh, i ship this bottle to and it lights up and everything i ship it to my daughter i go to the ups store it ends up costing 30 dollars to ship this just you know to her she lives in new hampshire what? yeah yeah 30 dollars so yeah. my friend was here the other day doing some work for me and he was complaining about amazon this and amazon that and i said look free shipping buddy free shipping because <laughs> i was right. I, I was in this mo this this mood of like free shipping and i told him the story about shipping that bottle to my daughter for 30 bucks and, and all that and uh yeah i mean yeah. people people are upset about amazon but there's a lot there and audible hopefully this one's going to be coming soon on audible and many of your books are on audible isn't yeah. that right that's correct yeah i think we have four or five of the books on audible now and we'll be putting more out and the other thing Jim, is that we actually uh, if people want to listen to uh, several of the writings from the book, uh, if they go to our YouTube channel, just go to YouTube and Google David Essel, uh, they'll see the last, I think, 10 uh, videos that we put up there have been from the book. So they can actually get a good feel before the Audible is even released of what we're doing in the book. 
And just to make sure people have his name, it's David Essel, E-S-S, that's Sam, S-S-E-L, E-S-S-E-L, David Essel. David Essel, thanks so much for joining us. I'm David Essel, and this is TalkNet. <laughs> hey, buddy. Thanks so much. Jim, Jim you know what? That brings, that brings back so many beautiful memories. Yeah, I remember those days. Of I was saying that. And you were on in the middle of the night when I was when I was up not sleeping, and I'm like, okay, turn on David Essel. <laughs> Bruce Williams is off. Sally Jesse is off. It's time for David Essel. So, all right, buddy. We'll talk to you next time. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks a ton, Jim. All right. God Bye bless. Now. Talk to you next time. Wow. I love that guy. I love David Essel. He's such a cool guy and uh, so much good information and good energy. Thanks so much for being with us, folks. Maybe I had too good of a time tonight. I don't know, but I'm going to go sign up for that talkdavid.com here in about two minutes. This is Jim Paris. Remember, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody.